start recording. Starting. All right. Who wants to count down? Yeah, let's see. I haven't. I feel like. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. In three, two, one. Uh. <laughs> all right i think i think i'll intro this time i feel like it's been a, a few episodes cool yeah. all right <clears throat> welcome to gone will hunting a hunter hunter rewatch podcast where we're wrapping up season one this time we're gonna talk about the season as a whole and pr- possibly some other stuff um one of your hosts keith mcblain my pronouns are they them I'm your other host. I'm Devin Wren. My pronouns are he, him. And I'm yet another host, Sky. My pronouns are they, them. And guys, we did it. We did it. We did it. We finished we Hunter Hunter. Of Hunter, Hunter <laughs> it's all over. Good job, guys. Everything's fine. They all go off to their various careers and they have a great time. Yeah, they're all very successful. No, yeah. no um, extra scary deaths or anything yeah Killua makes good on that like hunting his family for sport threat that he made like 12 episodes ago remember that i don't remember that (laughs) weird (laughs) it was on the blimp when he was telling gone about his family for the first time he's like i'm going to hunt them all down for bounties incredible just i hope he does he could do it he probably has a family album i hope he snuck it out to like get his life started (laughs) he probably did Okay, yeah, so this is the recap episode of season one, and to celebrate, we have a recap episode of (laughs) episode 26, which is a recap episode. Yep, yep, and yeah, I mean, quick summary, Gon sends another letter to Aunt Mito, and we find out what happened in all the episodes we already watched. Yeah, Yeah, I was super excited because I was like, you know, I came into this podcast late. Maybe I'll get some like things to talk about. And almost everything in this recap is like things we've already talked about before. (laughs) So it's like, all right. Well, I mean, I could still talk back, but like there's no setup from the the episode. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of like these are the other half. Yeah. But we get to see how Aunt Mito's doing. She's a. She's kind of just being like, it's good that you're safe going, that you're having fun. Like, you know, I'm glad you're doing well. And then she has a fun line of she's like, at the end, she's like, Jing, please look down. I hope you're like looking down on him. And he's not. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's not. Yeah, he's he's not dead, Aunt Mito. <laughs> he's not dead, but also. He's not dead and in heaven. He, he's not dead, but also Jing is most definitely not keeping track of his child. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Jing no, he's like absent. super absent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the most absent a father can be, really. Someone be like, Jing, how's your child? And he's like, I got one of those. I have a kid. <laughs> Since when? <laughs> but yeah, so I think this would be a good part of the discussion to basically like talk about how we felt about coming back to season one, because I know this is my second time sky is this your second time yes yeah i know my first time going through season one i was just kind of like i had heard so much about the series and i was like oh i gotta get to like the later seasons when like 
spoiler, things pick up like a lot. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I gotta get through that. So I just kind of like speed ran season one. Mm-hmm. But definitely coming back through it and just like knowing what I do now and just seeing the little character moments, I'm like, this season was very good. Very excellent. Had some Rocky moments. Hilario. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it definitely like hasn't popped off like later seasons do. We don't get any like huge fucking moments. It's like it's definitely and yeah, like the the stakes and the scope of everything happening is definitely a lot smaller and more contained. But, you know, then again, that's, like, not a bad place to start a series off. Like, it definitely had some, like, good establishing stuff, like, you know, including the sort of, you know, thematic threads that are gonna continue throughout the series, and also, like, you know, it's a good introduction to a lot of characters, and... Yeah, it 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 managed to do some fun stuff, even though it was like, even though it's just kind of a test arc, you yeah. know. Yeah, and I think even with like the examination of it being like a test arc, it is pretty creative for like the test arc formula. Like I think I brought up um, our like first or second episode how everything the test is kind of like designed to be a little bit deceitful. How, like, Satos's like, first test is, like, oh, yeah, you guys just have to follow me. But then it's, like, you don't know for how long, you don't know where. Like, he takes them through the swamp, and he's, like, yeah, I could be, like, any of these many creatures that are trying to confuse you. And then Manchi's, yeah, Menchi's, like, whole thing is just, like, I want you to make something that you have never heard of before. Like, all the test parts are, like, a little bit of, like, how well do you like respond to things like not being fully told to you it's kind of interesting because i feel like it gets um more and more straightforward as it goes on because like we have like he's there when before you even get to the test a lot of that is based on just deception and you not really knowing like what's going on especially like with the um there's like the question pass that leorio mm-hmm. almost fails and then like the was an old woman for it. yeah um <laughs> the the part in like the woods where like there's the brother and sister um and that's all based on deception and then the further we get you know we get into like the the you have to get their badges and that's pretty straightforward they're just like yeah i mean kill each other and take each other's badges that's fine and then it ends with like a tournament bracket it's kind of interesting the way it like builds up in sort of intensity but like that da- like less so in terms of like how much the testers are trying to like deceive you and like figure out like how your mind works by that point i mean even with like netero um like 1v1 tournament bracket it is like he sets off as like oh the it's a mind gets- game but it's less yeah. deception mind game and more i and picking your brains to fuck with you specifically. Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah. it's more direct. <laughs> like, I am setting up Gon and Hanzo because Hanzo has no like qualms about torture, and Gon will not give up. Mm-hmm. I'm making it so eventually Killua will face a uh, Gita Rocker, and he will have to deal with that. Yeah, and oh boy, I have like kind of a TED talk. Oh yeah, that about yeah that I that I sort of started thinking about actually when I when I read the latest chapters of the manga. Like I don't know, I don't know when we want to get into that because it might be like a whole thing, and it's probably going to talk about like future arcs of the series. But through uh, questions first, like we can go through everything we kind of want to get through, and then we can have like a little spoiler discussion. 
because oh man the manga is going places <laughs> but yeah especially for even like i have things to discuss about like even in future Khmer antark like what netero does now is very reminiscent of what he does later and i just like had that brain blast a while ago and i'm like i need to sit on this for a bit so we can talk about that like after um, did you guys have anything you wanted to specifically say about like coming back to season three and like things you noticed? Like for you who just know season two or like. Um, yeah, so this is kind of the final point in the show where I well, not the final. I think I watched through the next arc pretty thoroughly, but um, it was like kind of on and off. Of- yeah, like most of the show, again, I've seen in bits and pieces and kind of absorbed by osmosis. This was the the. But the first arc I did watch like all the way through like straight forward. And then a couple weeks ago, I watched all the way through like again. Um, So this is like the most I know of the show. And I do think it's interesting with later like how um, the setup takes itself. I mean, it takes itself seriously, but it is sort of presented in sort of like a this is like a fun anime kind of thing like when gone is learning to hunt people like that's a fucked up moment but it doesn't come off quite that way it's a good foreshadowing moment i think with how not seriously everything else is like there it's just it's still kind of that like happy shonen feel um and then as it like goes on until later it's like yeah no he was learning how to hunt people and that's messed up like (laughs) it's a dark adult world yeah shown through the lens of a 12 year old child i just think this arc is a really really good setup like a good balance between that kind of like messy foreshadowing and going being 12 and having fun like it's a really good balance i think definitely like i just think through like character moments of like like, I'm going to choose one specific, like, Gon fighting, Gon and Killua, like, having that game with Netero, and it being, like, a very good character moment of, like, oh, Gon's more straightforward, but he has, like, little acts of, like, creativity that surprise people, and, like, Killua's trying to use outright skill to beat somebody, and if he can't, he just gives up. Oh, yeah, I do want to, yeah. um, because... That's interesting. Sorry, you you go ahead. And yeah. then I'll <laughs> Oh no, it's a great moment for like the rest of the series to show what's going on. But like Yeah. Even in that fight, there's a moment where like Gone where Netero is like, oh, Gone's like, oh, I'll just try to get you to use your like right arm since you haven't been using that the whole time. And he like tries to headbutt Netero in like the abs, and Netero's like, Well, if I keep my abs tightened, he'll probably break his skull. And if I relax he'll ram his head right into me and that'll hurt mm-hmm. and so he has to use his right arm but it's like in that moment like Gon doesn't think about like if that attack will hurt him like he's, he's not concerned with like will i die if i do this he very much kind of i think trusts that people are going to try their best to save him. Like we see that a couple times with like him jumping off the boat to save somebody knowing they, that like, uh, 
There's moments later. Karapika and Leoria, we're gonna save him. I'm pretty he sure will that- definitely he will definitely throw his uh like self-preservation instincts straight out the window just to go for what he what he wants. Yeah, and it's definitely like that idea is carried well throughout the show and it's increasing severity of like yeah. <laughs> things getting <laughs> less and less okay to be doing that. Like in a later arc, he like he could easily avoid getting hurt with somebody, but he's like, well, I want to see how good I've gotten through all this like intense training I've been put through. And he gets like seriously fucked up in like a fight with somebody and he just rationalizes, well, I got to see what I could do. Yeah. And it's like, and I love that it's like carried through that Gone has like zero self-preservation skills. Mm-hmm. And he kind of leaves it up to like Killua to like, hey, <laughs> you gotta get me out of these situations when I get into them. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a fun conversation they have later. <laughs> yeah. And I just kind of like how this show like sets up like how these characters interact with each other so early on and doesn't just kind of drop it. And like how like, oh, Killua has his issues with his family, but it's never like, okay, now we're dropping that for now. It's always like a nagging thing mm-hmm. that Killua has to deal with. And I just, like, it's just good that the show, like, sets something up and then continues to go through it. Yeah, there's nothing that they really, like, when they have character moments where something is explored, it's never, like, they grow out of it or they get over it by doing some, like, crazy, you know, like, thing that they are like, oh, well, now I'm over that thing. Um, It's always, like, in the back of their minds and forming their decisions, even if they grow a little bit from it and don't have the same reactions, it's still, like, you know, um, it's still informing all their decisions when they make them. Yeah, I guess I'm, like, putting this up against something like Naruto, where there's, like, a character named Neji, and he has like this whole backstory where it's like, oh yeah, my I'm like a lower branch of a family I'm in. And like we're expected to give our lives for the main branch whenever expected of us. And he has like deep resentment from that. Mm-hmm. And like his arc basically ends in like the exam arc of him being like, oh, well, I guess it's kind of all right then since like we want to do that. Like, it's like a weird ending of, like, his dad gets, like, put to death for a crime he didn't commit. But then, like, the dude's like, oh, but your dad volunteered for it, so it was all right. And he just kind of, like, gives up on that, like, resentment after that. And it's like, well, you're still, like, part of a lower branch of the family that, like, has to give their lives for, like... (laughs) Yeah, remember when Kilowa voluntarily put himself into, um... (laughs) solitary and confinement and that was all fine and good yeah like, <laughs> yeah yeah like, this show sets up like especially with Killua being resentful of his family and it doesn't like have it stop after this mm-hmm. it yeah it definitely it definitely does that balance of like showing you character growth while also like keeping the characters consistent yeah. you know which i think is like kind of difficult to do but also like really effective when when pulled off well just because like you know that's kind of how character development works in real life yeah. too just like to tie it to yeah. something you know in my experience like i have a lot of social anxiety and like you know i've been to a lot of therapy and done a lot of work on it and i'm like so much better now than i was like a few years ago but i never stopped having exactly. social anxiety that's just like still yeah. a thing 
Yeah, like with the like, especially with like Key Lewis family trauma, like that's a thing that you're you, you're always going to have that. It's always going to inform your decisions. You might get better at like, you know, making healthier decisions for yourself, but it's still going to inform all of them, even if the decisions themselves become healthier. Like it's very, very well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with like I know we talk about Kilo a lot, but like so many <laughs> yeah we like, do. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Um, someone like even like Karapika, like having like that thing where he's like, oh, he just seems fine and normal. Whenever it's like he's just with his friends, but anything that brings up the spiders, he's like instantly like, nope, I'm I'm back into all this. Mm-hmm. Like it's always that thing where he seems like he's kind of getting over it, but he's always like keeping that tension under the surface and be like, I, this is the only thing I'm here for actually. Yeah. And yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely going to have to make sure we pay like close attention to Karapika in, um, in season three, because that's when he gets like a lot of my favorite arcs and I'm very excited for it. That's so good. We were just talking about where the manga goes, but like from that season to where he is currently in the manga, like it works so well because you can tell like his character now being like, okay, well, I'll allow myself to have friends. I'll like make friends with people, but I still need to know my goal and what happens in season three and how he deals with that when we get back to him in the manga is like, Oh, this is good. <laughs> yeah, like like minor minor spoilers for the latest chapters of the manga. Like Kropika is like absolutely the the main character of it to the point where we barely see anything of our of our other main four and like you know what? It just even though we're like we've we've sort of put our other friends to the side like it's still so good because Kropika is just like a great character and you know especially after like you know how much he's changed in in I in think the this show seasons. is super interesting for that because again like like I've said I've only absorbed a lot of this like through kind of half watching but like I think it's really interesting how we have the first season with this like main four and then the next couple arcs are very very much Kilo and Gone centered and then um it, it's cool to know that like later on we're gonna get some like Karapika central content where it's like these four are technically the protagonists they are not always doing stuff all together but I think that's cool and something that I don't see a lot personally but we do get funny moments in the manga where like it's not that Karapika it's not that Karapika and Lario centric and Togashi just kind of puts in like little things of being like don't worry they'll be back like, <laughs> they're still here <laughs> <laughs> like, don't worry like, I wrote them <laughs> It's very funny where he's just like, I know you guys keep asking where they are. Like, don't you worry. The boys are back in town. (laughs) But yeah, I think like, like we were discussing, season one is just good for like a very good setup of like the world and the things to come and like characters of where they go. Mm -hmm. I'm Uh, so excited now. I I started thinking about season three. Yeah. I just really, really, really like that arc. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, even the setup for it now, it's good. Yeah. Every time the Phantom Troop is mentioned, I get a little more excited. Yeah. But, hmm. So do we have anything else about this season specifically to say? Do you want to shout out your guys' favorite moments? Hmm. 
if you have a favorite moment. I already mentioned mine. It was the Netero versus Kill One Go, and I love that part. Yeah. There's so much I love about it. Hmm. Yeah, gosh, it's it's hard to narrow it down. Like, definitely, like, the first meeting between Kiloa and Gon was really good, where they just, like, immediately become friends with each other, and it's really good. Yeah, they immediately are just like, well, let's have a race. <laughs> Don't even, like, yeah. know each other. They're like, let's let's use faster. Also, just, like, the, 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 the post-exam stuff where Gon is just, like, so determined to, like, <laughs> see Kiloa again. Yeah, that's very good. Anything that's like a Gon and Killua centric, friend centric thing. Yeah, I don't know what my favorite moment would be. There's just oh, there's... it's Matt. He just took it out. Oh yeah, actually, you know what? That is my favorite. Moment. <laughs> I, I changed my mind. I just there's that was probably the moment my first time watching the show like start to finish because again I had seen different parts before but like that was the point where I was like okay I- I'm gonna like keep watching this because that was just so incredible like Kilua <laughs> just is like I, I just ripped it out just, <laughs> like okay. Karapika just being like how did you do that and he's like it's, I just kind of reached in and took it <laughs> like just, <laughs> you just took it out you see your goals and you take it but yeah I, th- I think the season's just so good for, like, the four interacting that I really like, like, as much as I kind of dislike Leorio, I like Karapika and Leorio's, like, dynamic. Yeah. And we get a lot of that in this season. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he just ripped it out, and then the interaction of the four would be <laughs> the highlights of this season for me. Yeah. It's very good. So. Hmm. Hmm. I'm thinking... Questions next and then spoilers or yeah we can get into questions because I've been mulling these ones over all day yeah. and I don't know how to answer them. <laughs> Sick! I haven't seen or heard them at all, we so we'll see how that goes. I haven't either. Devin's been cagey. Yeah, I've been hiding them from you. <laughs> okay, so this is from host of Departure Lounge, Bryant, and they ask. Oh, they're at um. Let me get there. Oh my gosh, I have to say this. Mr. Perezoso on Twitter. Okay. And they asked, their first question is, what Pokemon do you think the main cast would have? Mm. And I've been mulling this over. I got one character like set in the bag, and that's Leorio. Oh. I think he would have an Alolan Meowth or Alolan Persian. Hmm. And I need to show you. Sky. For Leorio, my brain just immediately went to, like, Krogunk. <laughs> oh, that is also good. But I just, like, does this not scream the kind of energy that, like... I feel like that's very valid for Leorio. And first, you have to see Persian, too. Because yeah. when this thing evol- evolves, I just, that's how I see. <laughs> just, yeah, here it is. <laughs> That's very good. I'm looking up Krogunk right now, too, because I'm very Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Krogunk's also very good. You know what? Actually, yeah, Krogunk works because it could be like um with Brock in the anime. Whenever Brock got horny, Krogunk would just like stab him in yeah! the back and drag him off. <laughs> yeah, okay, so, so Leori has the cr- specifically Brock's Krogunk. Yeah, whenever he gets horny. The abstinence <laughs> Krogunk. Whenever he gets horny, Krogunk runs up and just beats him up and then drags him off to be reconditioned. The respect women juice crow gunk. <laughs> and um, then 
<laughs> my first thought when you God, more more anime need an abstinence enforcement. <laughs> a character who will just pop in when someone's horny and just be like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> so my first thought when you initially asked this question and what I thought you were going to say was like your automatic was that Gone was going to have Pikachu. And I know that that's very like just off the top of my head, but it's I can't think of anything else for Gone now because Gone is like has such like Ash Ketchum energy. I would put Gone as an Eevee kind of person. Oh, you think? Okay, I was actually going to say I think Karapika has like a whole fleet of evolutions. You know what? That is true. I think that's accurate. Yeah. Yeah, he would have the Eevee. Gone would have a bear Pokemon because he Ooh. is best friends with a fox bear. Ooh, mm. like a Teddy Ursa? That, yeah. I think that works Gone well, yeah. Gi- yeah, Gone has a casual giant Teddy Ursa. And everyone's like, how did you get that? And he's like, he's my friend. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, I love that. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I also feel like maybe my, my thought for Gone was like a Yamper. Oh, that is also good. Just an excitable little dog. Just like a good pupper. Just an excitable little dog he can constantly play with. That would also be very yeah, good. Yeah, and then, you know, to go with their sort of respective personas, uh, 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 maybe like a purloin for Kilowa. <laughs> Kilowa would love a cat that's just a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's very good. I'm very Pokemon adjacent. I know like the first gen and that's about it. So I'm Googling all of these rapidly while we talk about them. Yeah, Killer would love a cat that's just kind of like a little snooty bitch. Yeah, I very much like that. Yeah, yeah. I skipped a lot of generations before Sword and Shield. So I have like a big <laughs> gap in my Pokemon knowledge too. You're valid. I'm, like, I'm thinking of so many Pokemon. I'm just like, how do I give them just one? <laughs> so, speaking of personas, oh, their other question is: We did mention Gon and Killua's personas, but they ask, "What would Leorio and Karapika's personas be?" I think we've already talked about Karapika, or no, we've already talked about Leorio. He's a big, big stinky rat. Yeah, he's a big mm-hmm. stinky rat man. Um. What would lay Karapika? Would Karapika is the the stereotypical like wolf persona? I think. I actually feel I actually feel more like a bird for Karapika, like a you falcon think? or an owl. Yeah, that is true. Karapika does like that lion. He would not. He does like that knowledge. He would think like, oh, like of owl is like smart and wise. Like I do me. like that better. I yeah, just, I, like, actually, I immediately I, got the picture of him with like the on all levels except physical, like just like <laughs> that immediate flashback. <laughs> yeah, just, like I am a lone wolf who never has friends as three people stand directly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you know, Karapika has too many friends to be a wolf. You know, I, yeah. you know, even if even if he he wouldn't even deny it. I feel like he would just be like, yeah, these are my friends. I'm not a lone wolf. I I rely on people sometimes, and that's why I'm better than fucking. Sasuke. <laughs> I have so many feelings of why Karabka is so much better than Sasuke. <laughs> oh, so many. All leading back to the fact that Sasuke wasn't supposed to exist in Naruto. <laughs> I carry that fact with me all the goddamn time. Lives in your head rent-free. It lives in my head rent-free that he was fully not supposed to exist. Every time you see Sasuke, you say, be gone, thought. I say, get the fuck 
fuck out of here and go to therapy. <laughs> That's valid. Right? It's about how I feel about Sasuke, too. <laughs> right? You haven't even seen all of Naruto. Yeah. You Naruto, seen I've seen like two episodes of. <laughs> you haven't seen the depths of how annoying it gets. Really, two episodes is all you need to understand why Sasuke sucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of like, like I kind of feel like I get it, but yeah. I'm also like a, a known uh, I'm, on this podcast. I'm a canonical Rock Lee hater, so <laughs> Rock Lee's pretty one note too. They are kind <laughs> of like their personalities are easy. Yeah, that's valid. So, yep, those are all our questions. Incredible. Um, we've assigned their Pokemon. We've assigned their personas. Yep, we have their Pokemon. We got their personas. They're all good. We're doing the Lord's work on this podcast. Do you know what? <laughs> do you want to extend that question? Sure. What would Hisuka's partner Pokemon be? Ooh, Mr. Mime. Oh, it truly oh, would be Oh, my Mr. God. Mime. I would say Muck because of what we learned about his... Uh, Spoiler alert, these people get superpowers. Um, what is superpower? Yeah, they're gilf energy. Yeah, they use gilf energy. <laughs> what his gilf energy power is, which is basically just muck. Yeah. But it would be Mr. Mime. He would have that abomination. Yeah, he would have like a tiny little him. Wait, okay. Yeah. And Mr. You know, Mime. And you know what? I think Hisoka's persona is like a rainbow wolf. Hisoka <laughs> does get a sona yeah. and it's like... <laughs> He's like a wolf, but it's like... Like bright cherry pink, it has like a fluorescent like tongue for some reason. Oh yeah, like yeah. he's all about like that bright Just like too too many colors. Like you look at it and somehow none of the colors match at all, and he's just kind of saying they're laughing at you for twenty minutes. Okay, so I did have a question about Pokemon lore. Yes, are Mister Mimes wearing clothes or are the clothes part of their? It's part of their skin. If you see a Pokemon yeah. wearing clothes. And in the Pokédex, it doesn't specifically say they got this from somewhere. It is part of their skin. Uncomfortable. Yeah, that's why um, mm-hmm. Machamp is the worst Pokémon ever, because he just has a loincloth, but, like, it's his skin. But he just has, like, a he flap also, of skin covering also, his other skin. Yeah, he also has, a, like, a champion Ultimate spell. Force skin. Mm-hmm. But that's also just kind of part of his skin. <laughs> Well, I was going to say that Hisako would have, like, a Mr. Mime with, like, a matching outfit, but now I know that that's not possible because, like... I mean, they can put clothes on. Mr. Well, yeah, but then he's going to have two outfits. Yeah, he would probably rock it. Yeah. Hisako would love that. Okay. I don't love it, but cool. Yeah. We'd make sacrifices here. <laughs> I'm, gl- I'm glad we, we had that Hisako discussion. I'm so glad. I love talking about that man so much. <laughs> Are you so happy? I really have to say at least one time on this podcast that I would love Hisuka so much as a villain character because I really like villains and I think they're interesting. I would love him so much more if he wasn't horny. He's yeah. like, wasn't a pedophile. Yeah. yeah, he's literally so interesting and like a weird like um like gaslighty mentor for gone and like his like weird affection for him it's all so interesting and then it's horny and it's like when it's horny it's much less interesting to me yeah you just take away that one aspect and he would genuinely be like super enjoyable as like a bastard villain yeah he would be like the perfect like oh i'm literally like Raising you so I can kill you myself. Literally, he's like the best. Do all like, his like machinations of like pitting people against each other just because he's like the strongest will take me on and I will make that happen. Yeah. It just is immediately ruined when he's like, I think I will just come right now. 
Yeah, when he literally has like a whole like <laughs> I don't I still don't know what to make of that scene where he just like has a horny moment and just like sits the in tree? the Yes, he just like jerks himself off against a tree and then is like I have to kill someone right now. You know, I don't think he jerked off in that moment. That's why he had to kill somebody. I think he like just ultimate edging. Yeah, he had to bring himself down for five hours. I, it's so long that he's just sitting there and going like his <laughs> bloodlust. Oh my god! And it's like, what is what? It took him five hours to bring himself down. He was <sighs> working so hard. This dude's really bad at edging. Oh, he's the worst. Should get a five-hour edge. That yes. sounds really horrible. Well, he's horrible. <laughs> I guess. I just really, I I really hate it. Yeah, he's bad. We all yeah. do. <sighs> I think that's a perfect segue to spoilers. Awesome. Yeah. He dies. <laughs> he fucking dies. Yeah. It's pretty so, cool. He gets his shit wrecked. <laughs> so, okay. From this point on, it will be kind of like a spoiler discussion. So if you don't want to get spoiled for anything or if you just don't want to hear us anymore. Bye. We'll see you next week. Uh, you can skip to the part <laughs> where we do plugs and I'll see you next week, everybody. Um, but this will be our spoilery section for everything. He's like a fucking dies. <laughs> 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 fucking fucks around and finds out. Oh yeah. Crollo wrecks his ass. Oh, it's so funny. I, it's literally like, I have to show you the panel of, like, the starting of the fight and Krolo mm-hmm. just straight up being like, I'm going to kill you, Hisoka. Yeah. <laughs> and Hisoka's like, ooh, interesting. Let's see what happens. And then and then he, and then he, he just dies. Krolo does exactly what he said he would. Krolo's like, like, yeah, I, I did it. He, like, spends the whole fight running for his life because Krolo's like, I'm better than you. Yeah, so that's the starting panel. And then it goes to... I'm going okay, to with the little heart. Oh my god. Oh, he speaks in emojis in the manga. I love manga. Yeah, you always know if uh, he's speaking because he always speaks in emojis. Mm-hmm. It's fucked up. I lo- again, I love him except for the horny. He's so <laughs> over the top. No, he fucking dies in this fight. It's fine because he comes back. Does yep. he? Yes. Yes. <sighs> it's fucked up. He literally says that right before he dies. Okay, so in this world, the magic system is known as Nen, but, you know, Gilf energy. Yeah. He commands his Gilf energy that if he were to die, it would restart his own heart for him. Don't ask me how he does that. That seems very strange. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I kind of almost wonder, like, how much is his body and organs functioning because he's like actually al- actually alive and how much of it is just that like he's kind of just like a fucked up nen zombie now mm, zombie hisaka theory yeah i would really love zombie hisaka theory if like someone stabbed him later and he's just like i don't got organs he's just like i yet. can't die dumbass i'm 90 percent d- gum you can't kill me <laughs> <laughs> like you stupid fuck it's all just sticky in there the worst timeline god i hate what his nine ability is called can we talk about that we can uh which one bungee gum or the second one i told you the second one you want to say that for us oh you mean texture surprise texture surprise texture surprise i hate it yeah it's like it's like when you touch something and it's like oh i wasn't expecting slimy 
Yeah, that's literally what it is. He's like, I make something look like something else, and then you touch it, and it's just my gross-ass men. Perhaps it's because I'm extremely neurodivergent, but any kind of texture surprise is awful. (laughs) It's very bad, and then mixed with Hisuka's whole energy, it's just really, really bad. I just... It's not good. Yeah, he... He does... The problem is, I love bungee gum. And to a lesser extent, I love Texture Surprise because he uses it creatively. Mm -hmm. I just, once again, wish he weren't like that. I'm still obsessed with the scene where he lets his arms get cut off and puts them back on just to fuck with people. But his arms are fully gone. Yeah. They're gone. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get to that in, like, the next arc. But it is such a cool moment because he's just kind (laughs) of like, oh, yeah, cut this arm off, dude. And a dude does. And he's like, you want to get this one, too? And he's like, yeah, sure. And then he, like, holds up the other arm with the arm that was just cut off. And then he's like, what the fuck? And he's just like, ha It's been a while since I've seen that. So I'm still not sure how he makes that work to his advantage. Because while it illusion, like. It, it just fucks with the dude. It, yeah. But he's still, he's still got no arms. <laughs> so? He, boy got no arms. How does he win that fight? He just does what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling you. Boy got no arms. <laughs> got legs. I get- Did you want to give your uh, TED talk on where the manga is right now? Yeah. Yes, I'm excited for this. Time. I'm so excited to hear this. All right, let's do it. So, yeah. So, actually, I want to sort of talk about um, Hunter Hunter through the lens of like a critique of masculinity. Oh, ready for this? This is going to yes. be fun. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you can um, tell there's so, gender people on this podcast. Gender. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and like the aspect of that I want to focus on at least for like at least for like this cap recap. I think I'm going to be sort of further further developing this theory as like as we continue to watch and I like just yeah, think about think about the series through this lens more. But yeah, I want to talk about sort of uh, hyper competitiveness as a form of masculinity, and and how that is like expressed and deconstructed and critiqued in Hunter Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like I I was I was made aware of like this hyper competitiveness as an aspect of like Japanese masculinity uh because I listened to the podcast uh uh Mobile Suit Breakdown where like they talk about you know how aspects of, you know, Japanese culture and history are expressed in 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 the Gundam series um and they talked about that there and it's like it's something that you see in a lot of a lot of shonen anime especially like the character wants to be the best at something that is like yeah, the very best like no one ever yeah, was the, yeah absolutely yeah that is like very much something to be 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 strive be strived for if that's if that's how you conjugate that (laughs) (laughs) yeah um uh and yeah like i i want to talk about how yeah i think we're i'm gonna be talking about this like a lot very very deeply as we get into like meruem's arc of the of the chimera ants because like yeah, basically, like, his his entire arc is basically just, like, having his uh, sort of, you know, toxic masculinity uh, sort of just deconstructed over the course of the season. And yeah, like, 
the 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 way his sort of masculinity is is expressed is in like this desire to be the best at everything and this desire to be like the one strongest most perfect being in the universe and to conquer all others and it's sort of like hmm you know maybe this maybe this this this, this hyper competitiveness and this masculine desire is like maybe you know somehow tied to like imperialism and racial supremacy hmm, hmm. Yeah, makes you think his idea of, like, I have to be, like, the king of everything and his, like, dominance over the world. And it's, like, immediately shattered when he meets one person who's, like, I have a hyper-specific skill that you're not as good at and I beat you. And yeah. you, like... I'm good at this one thing and actually it turns out that that doesn't suck for yeah, you, actually. He's like, he's like, wow, I actually love this. I love when I lose to this person because it means I have something to do. Yeah. Hey, maybe like people can have their own strengths and weaknesses and we can function as a society instead of all trying to top each other. What? Working together in a society? Hmm. I'm hearing that maybe that arc is good. I can't (laughs) wait for you to see everything about Meruem. Oh boy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that, that sort of overarching theme can be applied to season one in a few ways. I think, like, the most notable example is that sort of, uh, reverse bracket at the end of the, the Hunter exam. Because, like, you know, basically, it's, it's basically said that everyone is in, like, a mental state where they want to win at all costs. And, like, the, the sort of deviousness and cruelty of, you know, this this part of the test comes from the fact that no one wants to de-escalate. No one is going to say, I surrender. They're all, like, coming in it, you know, coming at it as hard as they can. And, like, you know, that's why Gon gets tortured for three hours is because, like, he's he doesn't de-escalate. Like, and, you know, it's, it's you know, Netero set it up to be a situation where you cannot win by trying to win. You can only, you know, the only way the conflict is is resolved is by de-escalation. So, yeah, it's like, you know, you can't always fucking win by, like, trying to be the best at everything and, like, trying to, and trying to beat other people and, you know... I, you know, the, 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 the recent chapters of the manga made me think about this specifically just because, like, you know, going back to Karapika, like, you know, he and sort of everyone else are put into a situation where they're pitted against each other in basically like a battle royale death match of like political intrigue and assassination. And Karapika's just like, hey, I want to de-escalate this as much as possible. I want to get everyone on the same page and like establish mutual trust and like openly share information so that we can get through this with as little bloodshed as possible. So yeah, that's definitely just like a running theme of hunter hunter is like hey this sort of hyper competitiveness ain't always good sometimes you need to like throw that in the trash where it belongs <laughs> yeah and yeah yeah also i i as as you know as we go through it i want to look you know there is definitely like a lot of situations where competitiveness is required like specifically you know 
you know, this is the hunter exam. Everyone is, you know, out there trying to do their best and trying to win and, you know, beat the competition. And I think in the Greed Island arc especially, there's a lot of elements of that too. So I think I want to, you know, as we progressed, I want to look more at, you know, characters' sort of motivations behind their desire for competitiveness. I know, like, Gones in this arc is mainly a desire, is, you know... Yeah, like, hmm. you know, it's it's kind of hard to put it simply. It's like it's like a desire to understand his dad. Yeah, it's a desire to like pursue an external goal like beyond just like being competitive, whereas Kilowas is basically like yeah, it is very sort of internally motivated. He is very much like, well, I just want to I just want to do it because it, you know, it might be neat to do it and beat a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah. And especially, like, when you were talking about the Greed Island arc, how, like, that arc is very much, like, we are racing to, like, all win this game. Yeah. But, like, spoilers, the way to beat the game is to, like, just kind of enjoy the game. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the way to win is, like, oh, here's a massive quiz about, like, all the little things in this game. And the way that people have been beating it is by kind of trying to, like, speed run through it, like circumvent like a lot of the quests you have to do and Gon and Killua are like the only ones to do all the quests so they're like oh well now we know every answer for this and so it's like found out no one else can beat it and that's how Jing set it up is to be like you have to play the whole game yeah and and like I mentioned in a in a previous episode I think like one of the best parts about Gon and Killua's relationship is that they're like is that they never are, like, hyper-competitive with each other. They never, like, yeah. fight to the point of, like, just trying to beat each other to, like, prove who's better. They're, like, you know, the friendship is allowed to flourish because they're never put in that situation. And, like, you know, as we saw with, you know, the scene with Kilua and Illumi, like, you know, Kilua couldn't, like couldn't make it in a friendship like that. He couldn't, like, continue to be friends with someone he, like... If, 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 you know, he's not sure if he, if he, like, needs to know if he can kill that person or not, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it, there is, like, an aspect of, like, they do, like, compete with each other sometimes, like, through little games of, like, oh, can I do, like, this little thing better than you? But it's never, like, I resent you for winning. Mm-hmm. Or, like, yeah. oh, this need, I, like, need to, like, prove to myself that I'm better at this than you. It's always just kind of like, uh, this is helping bring us together. Like, this is something we both went through, and it's fun to see, like, what we got out of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because I really love that as a running theme, and we kind of talked about, like, this specific part of it a couple weeks ago with, like, Gon and Kiloa, but also um, Kurapika and Leorio, how their first thing is, like, they almost get into a fight, and then... um you know, Gon kind of, you know, shuts it down by being, like, selfless, but then afterwards, they're both just like, hey, like, we don't need to fight, that's not necessary, and they never have, even them, like, they're not really, like, well, I guess they kind of are protagonists later, like, main protagonists, but, like, it's cool that, like, throughout this, whenever there's, like, a friendship like that, it's never really, like, who's the best, except for, like, Hisuka, who has that with all of his relationships. Yeah, yeah, like, like that's definitely a huge thing for Hisuka too. He like he does have that. He is like almost completely motivated 
by like by seeing who, who's the yeah, best. by by that hyper competitiveness and like that desire to fight and to prove himself against strong opponents, like to the point where it's fucking perverse. Yeah, it's and yeah, that's just like, like yeah, that is like an interesting expression of that of that hyper masculine hyper competitiveness. Mm-hmm. It's like perverse and it's like threatening to his own like body because he's perfectly like we talk about how he fucking dies against Krolo like he's mm-hmm. willing to die he's willing to lose limbs just for this idea of like being on top and beating somebody and like earlier we talked about like with Gone where he's like I have to see how like how good I am I have to put myself in danger and like he gets fucked up a lot because of it like mm-hmm. yeah that that that's that masculinity is like harmful and often self-harmful mm-hmm. you know yeah just this idea of like i need to like show how good i am and be the best at something and it being like well you need to know how to pick your fights <laughs> like you need to know when something's yeah. like okay maybe we can find another way to solve this mm-hmm. yeah it's it's good i like how the show like doesn't reward the idea of like harming yourself <laughs> Like Absolutely, anytime it yeah. happens, especially like we will get to a moment where it's like very not <laughs> it's bad. Very not good. Yeah, but like Yeah. Anytime it's like, oh, I will put my body on the line to like achieve this thing, it's immediately like, well, no, you idiot. There was always <laughs> something else you could have done. I'm interested to see how that plays off with um Karapika. I don't know if we've really gotten anything about that yet. I mean, even with so this is like yeah. A, oh, there will be a ton oh. to dive into well, Karapika in in season three. Yeah, the arc you've gotten in Karapika's whole thing with sorry spoilers again. I just want to reiterate Karapika's whole thing is like he put like a chain in his heart. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, like he is on the physical cups yeah. of death all the time, <laughs> literally all the time, just so he can do one against the Phantom Troop. Yeah, which is an interesting yeah. part of his character. But I'm interested to see with like this theme of hypermasculinity and like not putting yourself in harm's way. I'm interested to see how that plays out specifically with that like in later arcs, because I know in that arc, it's mostly just, like, badass. And he's like, I have this cool power I can use it's on you badass, now. It's badass, but it ultimately harms him, because, like, this show definitely has a thing about, like, the idea of patience and, like, waiting for your goals and taking the proper steps in time to achieve them. Mm-hmm. Like, we talk about how he literally has a chain in his heart because he didn't want to take the time to, like, train and like become stronger the normal way to fight like the troop yeah and like that arc the main point of conflict at the end comes from the fact that like he was too reckless in his chance to like attack like the leader of the troop and for that gon and killua both have to like sacrifice themselves and get captured and put themselves in harm's way like there's really a scene where um a character we meet later melody says like you have to be patient you have to like think about your goal and like be patient about it and mm-hmm. Krabby's like I know and Melly's like you don't like, you literally don't though you've been doing everything as rushed as you can god I love Melody yeah and it's like Melody is one of my favorites I fucking show. love Melody and it's something to say that like characters who rush <laughs> into so goals who like try to circumvent things as much as possible it always backfires on them like, we talk about Greed Island, like, the whole point of the game is to, like, take your time with it. Mm-hmm. The char- the main villain in that game is someone who's just, like, 
trying to circumvent the game as much as possible just to win. Yeah, and you kind of mentioned this spoiler-free earlier, but with Gone um, in the very next arc when he, like, learns a little bit about, like, uh, Nen and he um enters like the upper level 100 even though like his his uh the guy who's training him and none is like please don't like enter a match you need to learn how to control this and like actually train with this and goes like well i want to see like who yeah. if i can beat this guy or, like immediately gets fucked up yeah he gets very very badly injured <laughs> and even when the guy's like teaching yeah. them about none he's like this is the wrong way to teach you like normally you would spend like months just like learning how to sense it yourself but i'm going to force it upon you it could be dangerous because if I held any malice toward you, this would kill you. Yeah. Like the show is very much like you need to be patient and understanding about what you want in life and work patiently towards that goal. And not like I will do anything to get to it. And it's mostly yeah. about the detours you experience on that. Like, yeah. And like, now I'm thinking about that in, in, in like a meta way, just in like the way that the plot of Hunter Hunter is developed in like a very s sort of slow and methodical way. And is like, yeah. Yeah. Because the whole story is, yeah, it's very much like a story of Gon trying to find his dad, but like every arc we mostly go into does not go into finding his dad. Like there's this arc where he's basically going through a whole test and it's like, oh, by the way, your dad's not even like, you can't even get information on him. The next arc is just learning the magic system. The next arc is like helping Karapika and trying to attain an item that will get him to find his dad. And then the next arc after that is literally just like something also completely unrelated, yeah. but it's all important to Gon's development. Mm -hmm. Like if he would have just found his father, he wouldn't have like developed as a person at all. He would have been like, sup dad. I like how much of it is goal oriented too, especially because yeah. like with the third arc, like he's mostly there, like trying to save up money so he can buy this video game that's going to lead it like he thinks is going to lead him to his dad. So he's there helping Karapika and like helping Karapika achieve his goals. But it is also like that goal is in the back of his mind that that's what he's like there for for him. And I like that, too. Yeah, it's like a slow yeah. build. Also, just like also thinking in sort of a meta way again, just like in you know, in that in that sort of message of like, don't self harm in the name of <laughs> uh -huh. pursuing your goals. Like, you know, I think it would be very appropriate if Hunter Hunter were actually like never finished because of the the author's yeah. chronic yeah. pain. Just like, yeah, if you need to like not finish this story, that's like, fine. yeah, that's 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 also something supported by the text of the story. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure he did. Um, where the anime ends. And where, like, it ends in that point in the manga, he did, like, say in an interview that, like, he wanted that to feel like it could be an ending to the series. Mm -hmm. Which it very much, like, does if you just take it from that standpoint. Because it because he's like, I know that, like, it's been harder and harder for me to, like, put out chapters. It took me forever to write Chimera Antarch just because of my, like, like, crippling pain. So, like, I wanted that point to feel like this could be the end of the story. And, like, it definitely does feel like that. And it's, like, a smart way to do that, being, like, this could also be an ending point for you guys. I'll keep yeah. writing if I can, but this could also be your guys' ending point. This could be in the point of the story where you're, like, I'm good. I really, like, um, there's another creator, and I cannot remember who it is right now, but they were talking about starting to create um, 
some like animation stuff again and they were like listen i'm near the end of my life this project may not get finished in my life but i still want to keep creating up until the end because like Mm -hmm. that's something that i really find joy in i really like stuff like that and that's very cool for this miyazaki could have been i know because he's putting on a new movie and he specifically addressed it to his grandson he's like i am getting up there in years i might not be around much longer um, it could have been. I just, it, it, it's very yeah. bad, but it was like maybe a year or two ago, like on Tumblr, I saw this gift set of like, and he was just talking like, like, I'm nearing the end of my life. This project may never get finished, but I'm going to do this project. And after that, I'm going to start a new project until like, I can't start projects anymore. And um, I think that's really cool. And then I think, yeah, like with, um, with this creator, with this work, it's really cool to have like this, like, yeah, this is the end, but I'm going to keep working on it. And, um, I'm not going to put myself in harm's way to finish things. So this is the ending that I want, like for my series, for myself, but for me, I'm also going to continue working on it because it's something that like, I still, there are things unfinished in it, which I, I just think that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like a smart way to write this series. It's like a, I'll like if I finish it, I'll finish it. If I don't, I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still hope we do get more though. I'm like, I'm oh, really digging yeah. the uh the current arc. I'm like, I wanna see more of it. I like every time I like go back into it, I'm like, oh man, maybe there'll be another chapter this time. Yeah. Maybe I'll <laughs> get more of all this. Like oh, it's already gearing up to be so long. A lot going on. Mm-hmm. It's already. I have absolutely no context for this because I, I have difficulty reading manga because, again, my I'm very neurodivergent. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but that's fair. But yeah, I just it's very much a series of like he has a vision for like how he wants to write the story, mm-hmm. and I'm glad it carries through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even like since arcs are normally like the plots of them are loosely connected by the thread of going trying to find his dad, but like they're very much normally just kind of like different overarching plots. Mm-hmm. There's still, a lot of variety in the yeah, arc. Yeah. He still keeps like the idea of like what he wants the show to be about. Yeah. And it's good. I like it. <laughs> Who would have guessed? It's good. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have guessed? Incredible. <clears throat> but yeah, I think that's, for at least now, all I felt. Oh wait. Hmm. Since we've already mentioned the name of Gilf Energy, known as Nen. Yeah. Um. Do you guys want to discuss what the Nen abilities of each of the Hunter Examiners would be? Hmm. Good question. Yeah, I'm interested definitely in some of those. I like that woman who already has bees in her hat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's Nen or if she just has a really cool hat. No, but that's like... just a cool hat. <laughs> so I feel like her Nen ability would play off that a little bit. Yeah, it would probably be something around like... Even more bees? Yeah, something around like chemical warfare. Just an atrocious amount of bees. Just a fuck ton of bees. <laughs> I feel like Satotsu's power would probably just be something like really... Really sort of complicated and obtuse, you know? Oh, yeah. He's like a fancy lad. I feel like he has like a fancy hyper-specific power. Like That's how he hides his mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe he summons a tiny horse and, you know, 
And depending on the speed that tiny horse runs, he gains a different power, you know, between, between you know, trot, gallop, etc. Yeah, he just, like, summons com- something completely weird, and he's like, yes, this is my net ability, and then it's, like, five pages of, like, the manga explaining yeah. it. <laughs> and you're like, cool, I got none of that. Awesome. And if he rides the tiny horse, then, you know, then All everything completely is. fucking changes. <laughs> yeah. He gains his secondary ability. I'm thinking Buhara is simple. He probably is like his stomach can handle anything he eats. Yeah, I think he's got bottomless stomach powers. Yeah. I'm wondering what Menchie's would be because she's very good with those knives, but I don't know if it would tie into her ability. Yeah, I had a a, a small theory. I feel like Menchie's probably just an enhancer, you know? Yeah, she seems straightforward enough that she'd be like, I make these knives even sharper than before. That's very yeah. true. I had a fun theory that she like can just kind of chop things up into like all the, you know, like steaks and ribs <laughs> and stuff like that. Like anything that she attacks, she can do that with, but like including humans. So yeah. it's like a good like combat meat. power, but also just like she can prepare meat really good. Yeah, meat core. Yeah. Flesh core. <laughs> <laughs> um We have to talk about the little pervert that runs the prison of Trick Tower. I don't know his fucking name. I'm going to look him up real quick. But he's just like, he's so forgotten with all the examiners because he never says a thing except in Trick Tower. Yeah, I feel like he has like some pretty strong illusion powers, but they only work in a room that he's like taken hours to prepare beforehand. I feel like that sort of fits in with his whole dungeon master deal. His name's Lippo and like... Yeah, probably something involving, like, if he has a certain building, he can change the rooms in it. He can cause you yeah. to be lost in there forever. Mm. Spiral core. Yes. <laughs> Fucking gross little <laughs> prison master pervert, dude. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And I won't speculate on Netero's because we learn it later. But You should mm-hmm. tell me, though. Uh, Jojo. That's all I'm telling you. That doesn't help either, because I refuse to watch JoJo. Exactly. (laughs) But when you get to it, you'll be like, oh, okay, yeah. (laughs) He has a stand? Yes. Honestly, I feel like you're smart and valid for not watching JoJo. Yeah. It's a bad series. I tried, but I couldn't couldn't make it through. (sighs) Yeah, I really enjoy um, looking at the fashion in them. Um, Devin and I, Devin and I have had lots of conversations about like, you know, like just the different outfits that they all wear, because I, I think those are neat. The cow, print outfit. the cow print outfit is awful. I hate that, <laughs> that journal neck, um, kind of comes up over his head. It's like a hoodie, but also not, it's really I, bad. I will send you a picture of it. Keith. I will, <laughs> it's truly something. But yeah, the show is too much for me to watch. There's lots of themes that I can't handle in a, a, a media, mm. but like. It's the the fashion is is quite something. Yeah, but that's his power. You will get to it when you see it. Can't believe he just has a stand. What's Beans's power? Oh, good question. Yeah. I mean, is it just illusion? Is he just a normal dude and he just likes looking like a bean? You know, I to, I, all the time. Hmm. <laughs> We, I want to believe that he's just like that. He just lives like that. I that's yeah. valid, and I I do like that more actually. I don't know what his pa- I I he doesn't do much except give like speeches, right? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what he would his power would be. 
I wanna I wanna figure this out. Hmm. Ah, uh, found an image of this awful, awful cow print man. <laughs> Maybe he has like um I'm mostly thinking of uh, my hero academia now, trying to think of quirks that I can like supplant to. Yeah, that I can co-opt. You know what? I feel like he just has like a transmutation power where he can, uh, where he can just like point at like any small object and turn it into being shaped like his head. Like just points (laughs) at a lamp. Now it's a beans lamp. It's a bean lamp. Yeah, he turns things into beans. Beans is not his name because of like what he looks like. It's a it's a warning. <laughs> it's a one hit kill. He doesn't like. It's a fucking no, threat. Yeah, no matter who you are, if he points his finger at you, you will be a bean. <laughs> it is a warning and a threat. <laughs> Beans is the real president of the Hunters Association. Nero think he is. I like that. Yeah, Beans is nice. Maybe the the Bean Choir under Mrs. Zoldick's, uh, <laughs> under her dress, that's like uh, his victims. Yeah, they're stuck <laughs> there forever. The Zoldicks <laughs> fucked around and found out. <laughs> that's why they don't mess with Beans anymore. <laughs> I like the idea that they wear Zoldicks. Like, those are just other, like, of Kilua's siblings. Yeah, he actually had, like, 20 siblings. <laughs> They all had run-ins with Beans. Beans pushed open seven of the testing gates. Like, <laughs> you want to fucking die? Man, remember how the Zoldic family used to have cousins? Oh yes. my god. Remember all the other Zoldic family members? We don't talk about them anymore. I can't believe we <laughs> discovered the real Zoldic family secret. We've discovered the deep, dark secrets of the Zoldic family. Assassination, old news. <laughs> We've all seen their faces. But Beans. But the Bean Choir. <laughs> I really love how Kilua was like, wow, I can't believe you want to like go meet your dad and that's your big goal and you don't even know anything about your dad. And then we meet Kilua's dad and we can kind of see why. Yeah, he's just like, why would you ever want to go meet a father? And you know, right? Kilua, you're valid. Fathers aren't valid. Oh, it's true. It's 100% valid. No gay has all three. <laughs> Anenability. Good relationship with their dad. Um, can do math. It It's true. Killua can't do math. Yeah, neither can Gone. Yeah. <laughs> Killua very much says, I'm willing to do anything except take a math test. <laughs> <laughs> and he couldn't figure out the testing gates either. Yeah. Gone cannot do math either. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a school on that island. Yeah, probably not. It seems very much like outside island from Wood Waker. There's just people. Yeah. <laughs> not- oh, yeah, since we're on the topic of Nen still, I have to show you uh, the gilf that can turn into a motorcycle. Oh my god, I get to see the motorcycle gilf. This is the motorcycle gilf. Oh my god. She's so fucking tall. She's so big and beefy. <laughs> I love her braids, too. She's got handlebar braids. <laughs> Turns into oh, a motorcycle. No. Her face on the front. She turns into yep. a motorcycle. Oh no! It's <laughs> <by guilt> energy. <laughs> this is so good. She can also turn into a jet. I forgot about that. Oh my god! She's just a full transformer. Yeah, she's an all-terrain vehicle. Wait, can wait? Do guilt. they get in? How? Yeah. 
Is that like a real plane? Like a full-size plane? Are they no. inside her? No. Okay. It's only one person. <laughs> She's just like... You have to stand on the top. She cannot okay. grow to the size of a full fucking helicarrier. I was like, I didn't see anyone riding on the top. So I was like, is she traveling solo? Or does she have a compartment inside of her that... No, she does not open up like People a may fucking... stand in. <laughs> she does not say, enter my fucking body. I'm really glad. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. God, she she's is so powered beefy. by oh she's fucking huge with that snatched waist yeah snatched waist <laughs> massive conga bahanga bruise oh my god hips that ripped. could kill me yeah gilf energy uh-huh queen gilf right there she can also turn into a motorcycle so i'm gonna leave you with that incredible we will not meet her for a very long time very very long time yeah so just just consider that every time you're like going through an arc and you're like man I don't know if I want to keep going with this. Just remember that there is a gilf waiting for you on the other side. (laughs) (laughs) There's a gilf at the end of the road, and she is driving along the road as a motorcycle. just that cool motorcycle. At the end of the rainbow, that is Kilo and Gone's friendship. (laughs) She is. Is a gilf. (laughs) All roads lead to gilf. (laughs) And she probably is an all-road, like, all-terrain vehicle. Yeah. Okay, so that's been a, that's been an hour. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. Been, we've been just rambling. For a <laughs> we already decided that season was good. Good season. Yeah. Lots of good um, foreshadowing and some foreshadowing of our own. Decided that um, we decided everyone's personas and who's their par- partner Pokemon would be. So that's good. Yeah. That's yeah. the important stuff. Next yeah. season, partner Digimon. And that's going to be a much you know? harder conversation for me. <gasps> I am because I'm gonna have a lot more feelings. <laughs> trying to go through Digimon. Do you know where you can watch the original series subbed? Um, yeah, just go to your local anime stealing website. You know that's fair. Yeah, you can't <laughs> get the subs. Yeah, you can't get the subs anywhere legally. Pretty, I'm pretty sure. So, yep. Yeah, I've been trying to go through the original series, but the dub is giving me uh, issues. By that I mean, it was probably funny when I was six. Yeah, yeah, a lot of it doesn't age well. (laughs) Yeah. Mm, Yeah. Accurate. So, I'm trying to get through that. Download Cyber Sleuth, that's pretty fun now. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, you started started it? Who's your starter? I agonized between Terriermon and the Little Cactus, and I Terriermon. Yeah, Terriermon is honestly a good choice. Honestly, hard to beat that one. Yeah, I love the little rabbit. I think I remember its evolutions pretty well, and I was like, man, I love that rabbit. I think it gets Gatling guns later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because that's You do Digimon get the guns. Do. I'm definitely going to have to get this, because I need a little Digimon friend. Yeah. <laughs> You need to just you need to just get a little boyfriend who who just turns into a big... Big chonky dog with guns for hands. Hell that's yeah. that's Digimon right there. That's Digimon. It either goes. What was the sliding scale standoff used to tell me? It was uh, from furry to mecha and from cute to horny. What's <laughs> the scale of Digimon? Yeah, that's the alignment chart. Yeah, the alignment chart is like you look at a Digimon, and you're like, is this more cute or is it horny? <laughs> and is this mecha or is it furry? I made a pretty good Digimon alignment chart that I I will show you at some point. But the axes are, uh, let's see, on 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 the y axis you've got uh, anxious, uh, uh, 
dumbass and wholesome. Yeah. And on the x-axis, you've got uh, has a crush on their partner, uh, baby with secret blood rage, and lots of trauma. Oh, I think I saw that the other day. Yeah, that was very good. Incredible. Yeah. I can't wait to get into more Digimon. I just know the series gets whack. I love Digimon. It whips. Yeah. It's so good. That's that was one of the things that I haven't been into since childhood, but I I, I I'm definitely down to get into again. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Tamers definitely holds up the best out of any season you're likely to have seen as a child. It is legitimately fucking fantastic. Yeah, I can't wait to get to Tamers and the Digimon that turned a whole generation into furries. Um, yep. I mean, the only hey, one I- controversial take. I had Canon Renamon as 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 Zero Ace. That's just me. This is I mean, also that's completely off topic. Are we going to end this? Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're going to go. Now. We're just kind of talking now. Are we podcasting anymore? I'm not sure. Um, I, I think we're. I think if we're recording, now. it's podcasting. Yeah, it's podcasting. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to say all Arrowways head cannons are valid, so I don't know who that is, but it's definitely valid. Anyways. Thank yes. you. They are they are the Digimon that is like the most sexualized out of pretty much Yeah. Um, yeah, they they're, they're probably sure. one of the most ubiquitous characters in furry porn. I will show you. It's sure. the Jessica Rabbit vibe. Yeah. Jessica yeah. Rabbit is Airways. Yeah. Exactly. You look at this character and tell me that people would not be horny. I mean, <sighs> Unfortunately. Like, yeah, unfortunately, it immediately just, like, you look at that and you're like, oh. Like the non-binary colors. Oh, yeah. yeah. This thing is non-binary. This thing's a era. big non-binary flag, and I love that. <laughs> they are. <laughs> and I scroll down even two seconds and there's horny art. Oh, there we go. Mm, oh, neat. Okay. Hey, you know what is fucking awesome and fucking whips ass about Renamon? Yeah. They're canonically non-binary, and the creator has confirmed that they're non-binary, and they talk about being non-binary in the show. Are you serious? I'm fucking serious. It's amazing. <sighs> this is from 2001. This is why we need to get no to Tamer's Okay, Play. yeah. This is <laughs> this is going to be my new hyperfixation. I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah. This is Okay, this is a group yes. recommendation for this episode. We're all just going to recommend Digimon. We're all going to recommend <laughs> Digimon. Like, <laughs> yes, please keep me updated on this hyperfixation because it is mine as well. Oh, and I yeah. will I will go I will go with you. Okay, we're going to dive headfirst into this. Okay, <laughs> what else do we have for this for this episode? Um, That's about all I've got. Mm-hmm. I will shout a different recommendation. Um. An anime just came out called Jujutsu Kaisen, and it's so fucking fun so far. There's only three episodes of it out, and it's just stupid fun. Okay. It's basically a dude fighting demons, but by accident. (laughs) And also, he got possessed by a demon, but he simply told it no. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, he literally, like, eats, like, a curse object, and the dude's like, oh, well, you're gonna get possessed now, and he does. And he's literally just like, oh, stop possessing my body, and the demon's like, shit, he's repressing me. Hey, that's biblical. That's how you're supposed to get rid of demons, according to the Bible. (laughs) You just simply say no thank you. He's straight up like, stop (laughs) possessing my body, and the demon's like, how are you still conscious? And he's like, well, it's my body. You simply say, get thee behind me, and it's all fine. It's all great. Yeah, and there's, like, a running gag of him, like, being absurdly strong for being a normal person. <laughs> like, there's a part in, like, the third episode where he just, like, punches through a solid concrete wall. Mm. And, like, 
the girl he's working with is just like, how did you do that? And he's like, well, it's not reinforced. <laughs> and she's like, normal people it's can't. It's not reinforced. <laughs> he's like, normal people can't do <laughs> concrete in general, you dumbass. <laughs> and he's like, oh, really? I love that. It's just one of those shows that looks like it's going to be like hyper serious and edgy, but it just has fun with itself. Good. And I'm so excited to see where it goes. So yeah, that's my recommendation. Also, the animation of it in it is it very whips. good. Yeah. Okay. I will show you an episode after we're done recording. Okay, sounds good. Um, my other recommendation would be Shit's Creek since they just like dropped all of that like without really saying anything on Netflix. <laughs> so I did finish that and it was very good. Um, I uh, need Patrick in my life. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not caught up on Shit's Creek yet, but yeah, I've, the, the seasons I've seen, it's pretty good. It's lovely. It ends very satisfyingly. It's very, very good. Nice. Yeah, I need to finish that new season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of satisfying endings, I feel like probably most of our audience is already going to be aware of this podcast that I'm about to recommend. But how about Never Believe It? Never believe it just ended, and I'm so sad, but it's good. I'm so sad, but also it had such a good ending. It is... I will I will give you the most barest and simplest of, of explanations. It's a Naruto D-Watch podcast. They watch the anime Naruto, but only filler episodes, and <laughs> try to... Fi- and try to understand what the series is about based on that. And it's very coherent and very normal. And I... I, I just have to say, it is like, it goes so far beyond what you would expect from any podcast. It simply needs to be experienced. It is amazing. It is the best idea for a podcast anyone has ever had. Okay, I'm definitely going to have to get into this. This is the first time I'm hearing it of this, so and I don't funny. know Nar- Naruto very well, so this is going to be... Yeah. Well, that's, that's good. good. That's pure. better. Yeah. <laughs> you can come into this without the lies of Kishimoto. <laughs> pure yeah. and untouched. Yeah. <laughs> the the version of Naruto that we uh, have learned about through Never Believe It is the truest and most valid version. I Yeah. If anyone, if anyone tells, if anyone is like, hey, have you seen Naruto? It's like, yeah, the one where there's three Narutos and his attack is the communist sphere and, (laughs) and it's, and it's all about dismantling capitalism. Yes, I know this show. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds right. If ever offers you, like, they pop up to you in the street and they have, like, a cloak on. And they're like, oh, would you like some canon Naruto episodes? You say, no, thank you. I have found my uh, light in, uh, <laughs> in the true gospel. And then you throw a shuriken at that person. Yeah, and then you fucking throw a shuriken at them, destroying them instantly. Is it a communist <laughs> shuriken? Yes. Good. Yes. Okay. I can get behind this now. Yes, it's very good. You need to listen. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> okay. I have, I've got lots of recommendations from this. I'm very excited. <laughs> okay. Okay. We need to end this. It's been going on forever. And we're yeah. <laughs> uh, what's, what's everyone's social media? Real quick. Real, real snappy. Okay. Real quick. Real quick. You can find us at Twitter at GoneWillHunting. You can find our Gmail at GoneWillHunting at gmail.com. Um, you can find me at GroovingGastly on Twitter. And that's about it for me. Sky. You can find me on Tumblr at Dankus McDonald or on Twitter at Skybird36. 
and you can find Keith in the blissful void. <laughs> yeah. You can find Keith Just here. dive into that void. Find me lying down with without social media. You lay yourself face I'm down. I'm like, hey, it's very comfortable and relaxing in this void. I'm definitely not being assaulted from all angles by terrible world events and horrible people. <laughs> yeah, you know. It's, it's, it's neat in here. It's fun in this little room. Please hide, come and hide with me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that has been our recap slash spoilers slash question answering slash just random bullshit episode. <laughs> I think this was the least coherent of any episode we have ever had, which is fantastic. Yep. Which is, it's, it's good. Sometimes you just got to get loose and oh, steady yeah. with it. But yeah. Yeah, join us next week for for our for season two. We're gonna get into it. We're gonna have a tournament arc, and it's gonna be fun oh, and yeah. normal. Uh, yeah, but until then, we as we as we teeter on the edge of season one and get ready to dive into into that into that unknown water, which we just spoiled <laughs> a lot of. I feel like so it's not it's not that unknown. We're just gonna plug our nose, take take a deep breath, and say to all of you, goodbye. Just imagine that as we're doing a cannonball. That's what we're saying as we jump in, into oh, yeah, the water. Splash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> goodbye, everyone. <laughs>